Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Bringing you the latest from the world of sports, DFS, and gambling. With over five years of hot takes and millions of downloads later, I guess he's been doing something right. Now, sit back and listen to one of the sharpest minds in the game. Here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Hello and welcome to the show, folks. We have week one of the NFL at hand here, and so let's just get into the games. I, I think we've got a number of interesting matchups, to be perfectly honest, and then a bunch of meh games that uh, you know could go in a couple of different directions, if you know what I'm saying, because... Uh, I, I do think that there are some teams I have a lot of question marks about, and it's going to be a little bit hard to make the read one way or another. But uh, yeah, let, let's uh, let's get things started off the bat. Uh, you've got Arizona traveling to Washington. The Commanders are six and a half point favorites. I'll be honest here; I don't like the Commanders, but. Anytime you get a West Coast team traveling to the East Coast for a one o'clock kickoff, I'm I'm going to take the East Coast team more often than not. It, it, you actually have to be a good team more often than not to actually do well with that jet lag and early kickoff time because it like it is a real thing losing losing those hours and having to do it earlier than what you're accustomed to because essentially you've got. Uh, Arizona being accustomed uh, to the three-hour difference, like you're starting, you're starting the game off uh, at ten o'clock. It's it's a, it's a big deal. It's a big deal uh, uh, having that feel of uh, a ten o'clock game versus playing it at what you would normally be associating with at your normal time at one o'clock. So I know <laughs> you know it. it, it Technically, uh, Arizona did go with Josh Dobbs at QB versus using Colt McCoy with Kyle Murray injured. So that's an interesting dynamic. I wasn't expecting that. But uh, honestly, Colt McCoy is beyond washed at this point. So uh, it's probably uh, an improvement on the offense. But I I don't want to say it's significant. Uh, Sam Howell under center for Washington. Basically, I still think, you know, Howell is equivalent to what you would get with uh, Daniel Jones. So, realistically, Washington, as much as I always keep saying it, is like the doppelganger for the Giants. So, uh, the Giants play Arizona next week. So, depending on how Washington fares, that's pretty much how you should expect the Giants to fare overall. So, without much further ado, oh, but I will say that the Giants game. On the flip side, Arizona gets to host the Giants at the four o'clock window, so it, it's it, they do get the home game start. So that is that is the difference maker. So even though I do say it's a barometer, you also get the benefit of uh, Arizona uh, being back at home uh, in a normal time slot for that. So uh, just something to bear in mind for next week. Anyway. Uh, this matchup, though, I still look at this as a case where Washington should get the win in survival formats. I have no issues playing Washington, even though this matchup could be close. 
I do think that Washington covers the six and a half. I, I think it, it it may be one of those games where Howell is still fe- trying to get uh, sea legs under him, and then Washington eventually pulls away. But uh, I, I I'm backing Washington here. The question of from a fantasy perspective, Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson Jr. I think they're going to be splitting carries all throughout the season. With both of them healthy, it, unless one of them is nicked up, I don't like the uh, running back situation. I'd much rather target the passing game. Terry McLaurin, uh, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel. I think you can do a cheap stack with Sam Howell, who's only 4900 To me, that makes a ton of sense for cash games. I'm not necessarily in love with it for GPP because I don't think he necessarily has the upside of most players, but, you know, I do think that it makes a ton of sense for cash games because, again, the price tag on Howell is so cheap, you can use uh, that start uh, a starting uh, pairing of stacking. I wouldn't necessarily, again, this is one of those where I wouldn't stack more than one player with um, Sam Howell, but you can get a cheap stack uh, because of uh, where Howell costs. And then from there, you can start jamming in pieces from, and we'll get to the game later, but we'll jam in pieces from Miami and uh, Miami and the, uh, San Diego, the Chargers. Uh, I said San Diego, I meant <laughs> LA, of course. The LA Chargers. But uh, yeah, it, it's just so cheap to fit in. Uh, uh, Washington that it allows you to do late game stacking, which I think that's probably the route we should be going in in terms of DFS. But we'll get to that game later. Now, next up, Carolina and Atlanta. Atlanta three and a half point favorites. This these are one of those games that I get really nervous about because I don't think Atlanta's that good, but I don't think. Carolina with Bryce Young starting his first NFL game is a situation you should be trusting. I wouldn't be betting this game, period. But Atlanta three uh, minus three and a half, that hook is a problem. I think that game could be close just because it would not shock me to see the Falcons uh, stub their toe to start the year and play this game a lot closer than it should be. But uh, in my opinion, like, they should be able to take care of business against Carolina, but it's not one of those where I would have a tremendous amount of confidence in the Falcons off the bat to start the year. Uh, Desmond Ritter uh, gets a full year under center for Atlanta at the QB spot. Obviously played a couple of games last year, uh, but not that much NFL experience uh, versus Bryce Young, but it's still enough game. So I expect Atlanta to win this one by probably uh, 6-7 points. Uh, So, again, you can go here for betting purposes, but they're not necessarily the team I want to be trusting this early in the year for Survivor format or anything of that nature. So, I'd kind of stay away. Moving on, we've got uh, the Bengals hosting... Actually, no, the the Bengals aren't hosting. uh, Correction, sorry about that. The Bengals are traveling to Cleveland. Uh, Bengals are, because I was looking at the line, I'm like, one, uh, one, half, uh, yeah. So, essentially, the uh, uh, the thing of it is, is that, uh, you know, 
it's more of a pick 'em game, but I uh, I was kind of surprised at the number. Uh, uh, Browns are plus one and a half at a home. Now that gives a lot of protection to the Browns because uh, they're a home dog, but it's only a slight home dog. Uh, I would have thought, it, like, given what the Bengals were able to do last year, that you'd get even more of a number on the uh, the Brown side, where you might get this as a plus two and a half, plus three and a half. I, I think that line probably fits more towards where uh, the Giants game is at versus uh, uh, being at plus one and a half uh, as a home dog. But uh, interesting uh, that the line isn't wider in favor of Cincinnati, but it might be indicative of this game might be closer than uh, the public would uh, see because I could see the public, and I'm I'm probably going to be on board with that as just taking the Bengals side – to start off the year with uh, the Bengals on the betting side. Uh, and even from DFS, you know, Joe Burrow seems to have recovered from the calf injury. You're paying top dollar for the Bengals uh, pieces from a fantasy perspective for DFS. Uh, you're, you're, you're paying through the nose. The reason why I kind of like that is that I don't think it's going to be terribly popular because of all the cheaper options you could go to. But... I don't think it's going to be completely unknown either. So uh, that's just one of those where I think it's a uh, multi-entry format. I don't think that should be your main build at all, going with Joe Burrow and maybe stacking with Jamar Chase or uh, uh, T. Higgins. Uh, So to me, it's not – like Cleveland's defense is pretty solid. So, again, I I don't necessarily love the Bengals – this week compared to most weeks uh i don't think the browns actually need to blitz as much and usually you want teams blitzing the Bengals and forcing burrow get the ball out of his hands he usually punishes teams in that fashion uh but the brown secondary is pretty solid so that's not necessarily a matchup i want to be forcing so i i i do understand somewhat uh some of the trepidation with the line from the odds makers so it makes sense when I look at it from a more technical aspect, but at first glance, it did catch me off guard that the line wasn't wider in favor of the Bengals. Moving on, we've got Baltimore hosting the Texans. Ten, The line is 10 for the Ravens. It's a large line. They should still be able to cover it anyway. This is one of those patented spots for Baltimore where they just start boat racing teams. I think they can put up 30 plus points on this Texan squad, just running it down their throats. I also don't expect, uh, uh, CJ Stroud to be putting up a ton of points in his first NFL start against the Ravens. I, I just think this is, uh, just one, one of those spots where it's just welcome to the NFL kid. And we move on. I, I don't think there, there's too much to be learned out of the Ravens. The only question mark is, uh, it looks like Mark Andrews might miss the game, which makes Isaiah likely the top uh, free agent uh, option pickup in formats heading into this game uh, as the backup tight end and getting work. Uh, you know, he was a, uh, there was a lot of hype around last year. Didn't really show too much. So curious if uh, 
Andrews does miss if we get the breakout game from likely. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, that that's kind of the uh, uh, scenario here. Not much else to talk about the game. I, I'm not interested in anything uh, concerning the Texans. Uh, Ravens defense is priced through the nose uh, for fantasy purposes, uh, for, uh, DFS purposes. I, I just don't, I, I just don't see a ton of options to play around with here. In general, Lamar's expensive. Uh, again, uh, I expect the Ra- Ravens to just run the ball down the throat. So usually, uh, with Lamar, you want to get him uh, in the games where you know it's going to be back and forth. I just don't see that happening here. Moving on, we have uh, the Jags traveling to Indy to play the Colts. Uh, This is interesting because I fully expect the Jags to take care of business here. But the line uh, is only at four and a half. This is one of those where, and and in some places I see it at four, I would have expected a, uh, a larger line again, similar to the Cincy situation. The the Colts without Jonathan Taylor and a banged up offensive line are expected to be one of, if not the worst team in the league. I would I would expect the line to be higher for Jacksonville, N- knowing the season that they had last year in the town that they have. I'd ex- I'd expect the line to be wider. So to me, that's the uh, kicker that I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around, but uh, it it does feel as though the line's a bit low. Uh, I I think you you could you could have made a case for even though they're on the road a seven and a half line for Jacksonville, even though I think that would have been hot like a bit too rich. I think there's an area where Jacksonville wins by double digits, and I think more often than not they should win by double digits when playing this cold squad. But um, Anthony Richardson making his first NFL start. Notice there were a lot of rookie QBs uh, like kind of kind of coming out uh, of the draft this year and expected to uh, contribute. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not. I don't have anything major to say. Maybe you could play Richardson and yeah, it'll go for the blowout script because Richardson's about like 5600, uh, and you pair him with Pittman and you do the comeback script. Uh, otherwise, you know, I do think this is pretty much you play the Jags and you 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 kind of move on. Like it, I just think that there's uh, uh, you know Trevor Lawrence. Whether you pair him with uh, Evan Ingram, uh, whether you pair him with uh, uh, Christian Kirk, uh, whether you pair him with Calvin Ridley, like there uh, Calvin Ridley and. Uh, Trevor Lawrence are both 6,500 on DraftKings. 13K stack, I, I think that's going to be popular. I'd rather go do the uh, $900 savings with Christian Kirk at 5,600 and do 12-1, uh, 12,100. I, I, I kind of like that stack better. Like To me, I think everyone's expecting Calvin Ridley to go off. It wouldn't shock me if you saw Christian Kirk go off or even if you want to go off the board, because uh, I think Evan Ingram is going to be popular too, you could go off the board and go all the way down to the number three receiver in Zay Jones. And Zay Jones is only four to 500 and you stack him with Trevor Lawrence. 
I think that's a viable option. I think Zay Jones could get a touchdown and kind of, you know, neuter both uh, the Kirk and the Ridley lineups by not having to pay up. Because, like, again, the Jags offense is so diverse. It's, it's an, it, you know, the focal point is obviously Lawrence is going to throw the touchdowns, but it's who's he going to throw the touchdowns to is the question. And I think it's going to be spread out with this offense. So it's not out of the realm possibility that you get uh, a, a spread out score for the Jags so that none of the pieces really get there. But, you know, the cheapest option is A. Jones or maybe Evan Ingram catches a touchdown. That's probably the route to go. But, uh yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not necessarily uh, going crazy over uh, the Colts side of things, just because without Jonathan Taylor, uh, you know, Deion Jackson, I, I don't expect to do a ton in the run game. So I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not signing up uh, to go down that road. And Pittman, yes, uh, could always be a beast, but. I, I don't know. It's a it's a first NFL game. I don't I don't necessarily like the Colts side of things. I, I try to give uh, the rookies a little bit of space, and then you know come back to them after the first two three games of the year, and and see where they're at before I, I start making heavy um, plays on them. Uh, that's just a general preference on my end, uh, you know. But uh, yeah, uh, let's take a quick break here, and then we'll uh, circle back up with. Uh, the rest of the Sunday games. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. The Fantasy Throwdown Podcast will be right back after our sponsors pay the bills. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome back to the show. Hope you got your popcorn ready. All right, as we continue our look at NFL Week 1, we have the 49ers traveling to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers. Again, much like the Bengals line, I don't understand why this line isn't wider. The 49ers are a terrible matchup for the Steelers' defense. That being said, I'm not as in love with paying top dollar for Christian McCaffrey at 8600 I think they're probably going to mix in Elijah Mitchell. Um as well, which kind of negates it. Like, you're going to need McCaffrey to score two touchdowns, as, as ridiculous as that may sound. Because I think the 49ers are going to be so comfortably ahead in this game. Uh, the line's only favoring the Niners by two and a half. Uh, you know, actually, it's one and a half. Uh, man, they're betting the Pittsburgh side? Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, so that's interesting. The line movement, maybe the Steelers fans are seeing something, like seeing that this team might be good. I, I think this is a terrible matchup for the Steelers. Uh, yeah, they, they want to see if Kenny Pickett can play against an uh, excellent defense, but 
I think the Steelers are going to struggle defensively against the 49ers. So the 49ers run game is going to have a field day with the Steelers defense that does not play the well run particularly well. Uh, I think this is McCaffrey putting up solid numbers, but I think they're going to be comfortably ahead and they're going to pace out this game. Brock Purdy, you know, will make a few throws, but they're not. He's not going to put up numbers. So not in love with the passing game for the 49ers. So I'm not looking at Kittle. I'm not looking at Debo. Debo's not, at least they're not planning to run him as much. I guess maybe you could look at a Brandon Ayuk. But again, I I don't think the 49ers throw enough to make it like the pricing so soft for week one. This is one of those where I would bet the Niners. I'm not necessarily looking to play the Niners in DFS, if that makes sense. So, from a fantasy perspective, I don't think the Niners are great. DFS-wise, um, I, I think it's an even worse play. I mean, fantasy, it is what it is. Uh, but I think overall, you're, you're going to see the Niners be comfortably ahead and not, uh, not push it too much with... Uh, the amount of time the uh, uh, amount of time the starters play. Moving on, we've got Minnesota six and a half point favorites over Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, the line got bet down, so it's it opened at six and a half. It's actually a four and a half. If I didn't dislike Baker Mayfield at the QB spot as much as I do for his Tampa team. I would take a stab on the Buccaneers. It's it's more because I don't trust Baker Mayfield with a 10-foot pole, especially when I need him to take some deep ball shots. That's my biggest issue with this Tampa team. I don't think Minnesota's good. I'm just going to say that up front. I don't think this Vikings team was good. I thought they were very fortunate to win many of the games that they won last year. I think this is one of those teams that will drop games that people will say, oh, I don't I don't understand how to drop the games. And I'll, I'll just kind of look at it and say, mainly because they were very fortunate last year. They, lost, they won a bunch of games they should have lost. That being said, I don't think this is one of them to start off the year, mainly because it's Baker Mayfield on the other side of the field, and I think he oftentimes gets it in his own way so many times that it eventually uh, burns the team. So... I look at this as a case where, uh, you know, if the line was wider, maybe you could take a stab at Tampa. But I'm looking at this saying, you know, realistically, I I think uh, Tampa, you know, loses by like three or four. um, And... uh, that that's that's just it. It's like it's it's one of those where I I think the number where it was originally made sense to take a stab at Tampa. Where it is now, where it's at, literally at uh, it. You can literally get the line at uh, four. I, I don't think it makes as much sense. Uh, like you know, it's not as rich. I I don't trust. Again, I don't trust uh, I don't trust either team, to be perfectly honest. So this, this is one of those where the line now, uh, I, I, I'm more than comfortable walking away from. But where it was originally, yeah, I, I definitely get the, the play with the folks that bet it down 
to the four when it was at six and a half uh, because I just don't think this Minnesota team is as good as people think they are in the national media. I, I think, you know, we're just going to agree to disagree with uh, that Vikings team last year. I don't think it was any good. Hence the reason why they lost to the Giants. Um, anyway, moving on. Tennessee traveling to New Orleans to play the Saints in the Superdome. This feels like a back-and-forth type of game. I'm going to be targeting this one in DFS. Uh, but this feels like a tight game. I feel like this comes down to whoever has the ball last wins. Now, the line itself is only at 41.5. I think the over-under line is low. To me, I feel this is one of those where it's a 30-27 type game. Just because of the offensive players, uh, they have burners on both sides. So, Michael Thomas is back. You got Chris Olave on the Saints side. Uh, uh, Rashid Rahan, uh, uh, burner. Then on uh, the Tennessee side, you got Traylon Burks. You got uh, DeAndre Hopkins. We're curious to see how DeAndre Hopkins is going to integrate into the mix. I think Tennessee throws the ball quite a bit on the Saints secondary. Even though the Saints secondary is solid, I think Tannehill knows where he needs to place the ball. I don't think they're afraid to throw against uh, the Saints, and then that should open up the running lanes for Derrick Henry uh, underneath with the Saints. Uh, who The Saints defense usually on uh, these dome games at home play fast, so that is a little bit of a concern for Derrick Henry, but as the game wears on, that's where he has more opportunities to rip off a deep run. Uh, to me, you know, the pricing is cheap uh, overall uh, because Olave is only 6500 Uh You've got um, Michael Thomas at $5,100. Uh, Jamal, uh, Jamal Williams is going to be chalk at 5100 because uh, no Alvin Kamara, who's suspended uh, uh, due to the uh, personal conduct policy by the NFL. Uh, and then Derek Carr, uh, again, is going to be cheap at 5300 This is a cheap stack to put together uh, on both sides of the ball. I, I think I think there's worthwhile shots to be taking on this game. I'll leave it at that. It's going to be one of my most popular games to target. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. Now, moving on to the afternoon slate. We've got Green Bay traveling to Chicago. The Bears... Only one and a half point favorites. The Jordan Love era officially begins in Green Bay. I'll be honest, uh, you know, this is an indictment on the Bears roster that it's a home opener against Jordan Love, who, again, has been most of, mostly a project. The Packers are still considered this much stronger team that the Bears line is only one and a half at home. My, uh, you know, they're still favored, but one and a half is an indicator that realistically they only think it's because you're at home you're even worth a damn. That to me is the indictment because it's basically saying the Bears they need to see the Bears win a non-chip shot field goal to edge out the Packers by a point. They're looking for Justin Fields to make a statement. I'm, I'm curious now because I like D.J. Moore, D.J. Moore signing. 
I'm curious about this Bears offense, like how it looks to start off, because they look like world beaters at points last year with uh, how many times they scored on their opening drive, and then they would just disappear for uh, multiple series on end uh, trying to find an offensive spark. It was like they worked well off of the initial scripted plays, but anything off of that, uh, off script, it's a struggle for that Bears offense to score, at least last year. I think DJ Moore changes the dynamic here, but, uh, you know, it is a little bit of cause for concern that this line isn't wider for the Bears. So, uh, just food for thought. Uh, Next up, uh, oh, uh, it also looks like Christian Watson might miss the game for Green Bay. Uh, That leads more into Romeo Dobbs and uh, the rookie uh, Javon uh, Alex, I think he's a rookie. Javon Reed. Um, Reed is 3K on DraftKings. Uh, so, again, cheap piece. Uh, Luke Musgrave, the new tight end for the Packers, 2900 Like, you got cheap options on the Green Bay side. I wouldn't necessarily mess around with uh, Jordan Love, though. I-, I don't think you need to do that. Uh, I-, I think that's just more stretching it when you don't need to stretch it. Um I think there are a bunch of more reasonable options in the 5K range uh, than going to Jordan Love. So uh, that's uh, that's all I'll say there. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, oh, yes. Uh, Seattle hosting the Rams. Uh, Seattle uh, basically opened at 5.5, 4.5. Uh, number as the favorite at home. Line makes sense. Uh, the Rams don't have uh, Cooper Cup. The, to me, this game kind of comes down to what Aaron Donald do we get from the Rams? Do we get the Aaron Donald before the Super Bowl run where he is just the absolute beast and just destroying games on his lonesome or the guy who is injury prone last year that is the question because if we get the Aaron Jones domination uh streak that we've seen in the past this can uh, can be one of those trap games that people talk about so I'm actually of the opinion that uh I'll take the Rams side uh because I think the Rams can keep this close and it's a field goal game I think the Rams are able to run on the Se- uh, Seahawks' defense. So Cam uh, Cam Akers should get the uh, run here. Uh, they do have Kyron Williams. and Actually, they do kind of like Kyron Williams, too. But they featured Cam Akers so much last year down the stretch that I got to think that, you know, the whole point was to see if Cam Akers could shoulder the load as the primary running back. So, uh, but... Kyron Williams did get run last year, too, so uh, it could be more of a timeshare than I anticipate, but, you know, just food for thought. I don't necessarily love uh, the Rams pieces without uh, Cooper Cup. Uh, It's going to be a hodgepodge of players uh, getting receptions. The thing is, they're all cheap, so you can play a 2-2 Atwell at 3K. Um, Stafford's only 5,700. Again, you can use cheap pieces 
and then start jamming in uh, players from this Miami Chargers game and, and, and call it a day there. So, um, yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm leaning. I actually do think you can go with um, the Rams here. At, at, like, uh, I'm not saying they're uh, calling for the upset, but I do think the Rams keep it close enough that they cover the spread. So that, that's kind of where I'm thinking here. Um, and, yeah, that's what I got. Uh, the Raiders traveling to Denver to play the Broncos. Broncos, uh, four-and-a-half-point favorites. It, listen, um, at, oh, we got line movement. All right, so this is uh, showing as a four. All right, uh, long story short, the Broncos with uh, Russell Wilson and Sean Payton are already on a nice edge because they got to win games early. They got off to a terrible start last year. They cannot afford to have the deja vu event all over again. I think they come out with a decent set uh, game plan. Um, without Jerry Judy, I think you're going to feature uh, quite a bit of running from Javante Williams and uh, Samaje P. Ryan, and then they'll open up some passing for Cortland Sutton. I don't think they're going to jam in the passes of Cortland Sutton early. I think he can get some volume at, at times, but I think this is more of a uh, Javante Williams, uh, uh, P. Ryan uh a running back tandem, and they just keep uh, spamming, uh, spamming runs because uh, realistically, the price tags on uh, Javante uh, at fifty nine hundred like could be higher, could, could be definitely be priced higher for the amount of workload he's going to get. And then um, uh, P Ryan again under five k. Like I, I think these are both viable options if you're mass multi entering. Uh, Broncos run game versus uh, the Raiders. I, I like that matchup for the Broncos. To me, that that's where we should be targeting our efforts. And I think the Broncos uh, take care of business in, in uh, and cover as the favorite. Moving on, Philly and New England. Another game where this line is light. I'm wondering why. What I am not seeing. Uh, Philly favored by four over. Uh, over uh, the Patriots, but I feel as though Philly should be rolling this team. Uh, to me, the matchup, because of where A.J. Brown is at the moment as a top-five wide receiver in the league, I think the Patriots going to have a, a struggle covering him. Uh, they're going to need this field so... Because uh, we're expecting rain uh, over here in the Northeast. They're going to need so much rain to soak up this field to make it as miserable as possible for Philly to play in order for this game to be close. I, I just, I'm not seeing how this game is close. Uh, truth be told, I, I'm, I'm not seeing uh, New England keeping this game close. I think Philly should get off to the races early and then just pull away even further from New England. And I don't think Mac Jones is the answer for New England, but uh, there were, there were extenuating circumstances between the coaching staff, because he didn't have a true offensive coordinator, if you recall, he had Joe Judge and uh, Matt, uh, Matt Patricia coaching offense last year, which meant you got two defensive guys trying to coach plays. It, it was a mess. Um, but that being said, I don't, I don't see where uh, the Pats 
hang around in this game other than Philly just making multiple mistakes. So um, we got there. And then, to me, the game of the week, Miami traveling out to Los Angeles to play the Chargers. I mean, the Chargers only favored by uh, two and a half. You know, I've seen some markets still keep the Chargers at three. But basically, they're saying it's a neutral game. The Dolphins are just as good as the Chargers. I think the Dolphins are better than the Chargers, mainly because their coach isn't a complete and utter moron. I think Brandon Staley, keeping his job, is going to burn the Chargers again this year with losing games they have no business losing. I think any close game with the Chargers pretty much results in an L for them because of Brandon Staley being so inept in crucial late-game situations that a good coach uh, will probably end up punishing them more often than not. And, you know, I, I think that's just the long and short of it. The, 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 the biggest issue, again... When you look when you look at this Chargers team, they have a bad tendency to just have meltdowns, and it's really hard to uh, it's really hard to make heads or tails as to why that is, other than being so unprepared by the coaching staff during the week that when they uh, get into these uh, these situations that. Uh, you know, that's when they uh, kind of run into some. Uh, uh, th- that's when they run into some uh, uh, big, big issues. Like I, I don't. I, I just, you know, I said this before. It's like I don't think. Uh, I don't think. I don't think he. Uh, it's like Brad an NFL head coach. I think, uh, you know, I think Mike McDaniel, like, uh, just, uh, I think he's gonna, he's, he's gonna gap, uh, I think he's gonna gap Brandon Staley. It's just, uh, very much, uh, a coaching mismatch. So, to me, I don't think this, this game's even. I, I think the Dolphins should be favored. I, I, I would definitely take uh uh I would definitely take uh uh note of uh, playing the Chargers in DFS. Uh but I like the Miami pieces more. I think Tyree Kill is my favorite overall play for this DFS slate. I think he can do very well against the Chargers defense. But I think he could do a run back with Faustin Eckler. I think uh, you know, I think he makes a ton of sense. I do think you can play some Keenan Allen. You can play Mike Williams, too. But I, I think, realistically, we should be making room for Tyree Kill in our lineups. And, you know, if you use cheap QB running back, I mean, QB uh, wide receiver stacks in the early window, um, easily can make it happen. You could do a full game stack of this game. That might be the way to go. But I think in order to do that, you're going to have to um, use two as the QB spot, which I think could be viable. Um, not 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 going to lie. Uh, again, I like this game from a DFS standpoint. I think they're going to put up numbers. So to me, that that is uh, something to uh, 
uh, bear in mind in, in terms of this matchup uh, that, uh, you know, you're going to see points, and I think you're going to see a lot of points. I think, uh, you know, Vegas has a right with uh, the line being uh, the bl- line being where it is at a 50 total. I, th- I think, you know, highest total of the week, I think you're going to get even more points out of this game. I think this game shoots out. So that's what I got for the Sunday slate of games, uh, you know, uh, for the picks. So uh, we'll do a showdown breakdown for Giants-Cowboys and uh, Bills-Jets. But uh, um, Giants-Cowboys, I think it's a low-scoring game. I think the Giants being underdogs makes sense. Uh, we're going to see what what we get out of Giants. Like my biggest issue with the Giants is when they face athletic defenses, it gives uh, our offensive line trouble. And if as long as they spy on Daniel Jones, he ain't going to do much. Like they don't trust Daniel Jones to throw the deep ball. And I think you're going to have to do something different this year as the Giants to get past that. Like you're going to have to try to do some deep shots um, and throw against the likes of Dallas and uh, Dallas and Philly in that division if you want to be a playoff team. So we're gonna we're gonna learn quite a bit about the Giants, in my opinion, based off of how they treat this game. Pure, pure and simple is like the Giants should be three and a half, uh, four point underdogs. The line's fair. I think uh, you know the biggest thing for Dallas is. Can Dak not f it up? <laughs> like, uh, and I think that's going to be the case. Uh, like, I think Mike McCarthy, as rudimentary as it's going to look, they're going to pound the rock with the uh, with Tony Pollard. Uh, you, you might see Rico Dowell. You might even see some uh, Deuce Vaughn. But I think they're going to pound the rock up the middle, not do anything crazy, just to get the win at Giant Stadium and move on. So. Yeah, that that's that's kind of where I am from a betting perspective. Like that's where I'd be. I'd be on the Cowboys side, but the Giants homer in me will probably still take the Giants anyway as a home dog. But objectively speaking, I would be on the Cowboys side of things. And finally, Monday Night Football: Jets hosting Buffalo. Uh, Bills uh, two point favorite, uh, actually two and a half point favorites. Uh, uh, heading into the matchup tomorrow, I I just look at this as uh, you know they're going to talk up Aaron Rodgers uh, and Josh Allen. To me, this is the Jets defense, and has Josh Allen learned anything as an NFL QB over his tenure? If Josh Allen has learned anything, he's going to learn not to like be as reckless with the ball as he is sometimes, and just chucking it willy nilly. If he gives Aaron Rodgers multiple chances to uh, capitalize on turnovers and score. Jets are going to win this game. Jets are going to win this game if Josh Allen does not play responsibly and 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 uh, not turn the ball over. If the Bills give the Jets multiple turnovers, Aaron Rodgers is going to make them pay. So to me, this game comes down to very simple turnover battle. If Josh Allen turns it over, the Jets are going to win this, uh, and I think they're going to win it pretty handily. If uh, Josh Allen plays clean, uh, runs the ball, hands the ball off, doesn't take unnecessary risks, I think the Bills take this one comfortably. It's really that simple. Like, this comes down to the turnover battle. 
if uh, if they if Buffalo plays clean, they should beat the Jets by as good as the Jets' defense is. Don't get me wrong; the Jets' defense is very good, but I think the Bills' offense and their ability to shift the field position, and this being the first game for Aaron Rodgers in the offense to get really comfortable, I, I think it's going to be a little bit of a struggle for the Jets' offense uh, this first game of the year. I still think the Jets have potential as a playoff team. But I do think like it, it might be an early game struggle with this game. That's why I don't look at this as the validation game for the Jets. I think the subsequent subsequent weeks for the Jets, that becomes the validation period. So, yeah, that's all I got for uh, the NFL slate week one uh, in terms of uh, lines and where where to go. But like I said, I, lo- I love the Miami uh, Chargers game for DFS. I'll have plenty of exposure to that. I'll also have exposure to uh, the Titans-Saints game. I think that game plays out fast on the the, uh, the turf in the Superdome. And we kind of go from there. But uh, best of luck, everyone. And uh, until next time, have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all major outlets. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.